Yo, 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 what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Mount Draftmore. The Fantastic Four is in the building. Not the core four, not the franchise four, the Fantastic Four, because we have a guest on the show. Woo-hoo. I am Ben Jammin, and I am surrounded by Matt. Hey, hey, hey. Anisha. What up? And Dustin. Hey. <laughs> hey. We're ready to draft, and today we're doing movies from the year 2001. Very beginning of the millennium. Hell of a year. Hell of a year. Great year for movies. You thought we brought the heat in 95 movies? Oh, just you Get wait. ready. Because this one's going to be hot. That's why we had to bring in a guest. Also, Dylan the Dilly Bar was absent, so. <laughs> Anisha, shout thanks shout for coming out. out. No problem, guys. I'm just here to bring another perspective at the table. Let's Damn. see how uh, how divergent from the trend you get. We have a draft order. I will be going first. Matt is second. Anisha is third. And Dustin. Yes. He wanted the wraparound so bad. And you know what? He got it. You want it? You got it. You want it? You got it. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. I guess I could have pushed that button. Shut up and take my money. There you go. Yeah, you're so down for that. <laughs> Round one. We're getting into this jam. I have the first pick. And I am sweating, stressing. We're in a hot hot war room it's like we're it's in a heated in it's, here it's like we're in a submarine it's we're so hot sauna. <laughs> it's because it's the pressure yeah you know? the, the, yeah. yeah and there's no like airflow and all that man i'm stalling because i don't know what movie to pick under pressure under pressure i didn't think i'd get the first pick <sighs> and you know what i'm just gonna go with a movie that i truly love and i feel like i can justify it going first Monsters Incorporated. Oh, nice. Son of a gun. Gotta have <laughs> Monsters Incorporated. Pixar did not do us wrong with Monsters. So good. It's so good. And it it lasts. I'm it, watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> Always, Always watching. <laughs> if you haven't seen Monsters, Inc. and you live under a rock, well, hey, hold up. Crawl out from under the rock. Pop it on. It's on Disney+. Plus. You'll get to see a lovable cast of characters, Mike Wazowski and Sully. Working at the Scare Factory, trying to gather up that scream to power their energy grid. Kind of a complex idea, right? Mm -hmm. And they use fourth dimensional doorways to travel to the human world to scare those kids. It's crazy. But then there's one kid that isn't scared. She'd be sneak, sneak, sneaking. (laughs) Sneak, sneak, sneaking. Fun fact about the movie, the girl, the lady who played Boo was a really, really young kid. Like so young that they couldn't get her to act on command. Instead, they just followed her around with a mic really? and just recorded the sounds that she made. Yes, she <laughs> is that young of a kid. Wow. May I also sneak another fun fact in about Monsters, Inc.? Pew, pew. It sneak was it the in. third highest grossing film of 2001. Wow. I just thought people should know that. But bam nice. I know, right? Helping out Ben. He needs some help. I didn't need help. He needs a lot of help. <laughs> he you know, does need a lot of Matt help. Matt and I usually do it. Dylan tries, Big D, but <laughs> thank you, Anisha. No, it's all good. And and it also brought home an Academy Award. I don't need help Ooh, which for one? Disney movies. Best. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, y'all. Uh, Academy Award for best song. Oh, nice. I didn't have no. nothing to let I didn't know if that was going to be shared. So something that's fun. So at the same time, John Ratzenberg, who was like one of the architects of the Disney Renaissance in the 90s, He's gone over to DreamWorks. So he's helping put on like DreamWorks 2001 movie. I'm not going to shut it out because you don't know where it might go in the draft. But Mm -hmm. anyways, if you look at the difference between like DreamWorks movies and Pixar movies, 
Pixar movies use original songs, and Monsters, Inc. is the same. But DreamWorks movies, they take songs from popular culture. So I, I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But that's why Monsters, Inc. is better, because it's all original. Nice. 100% original. I mean, they made a sequel later. There's a little bit of continuity issues. Technically, it would be a prequel, maybe? Prequel, but mm. pre prequel, sequel. That was in two thousand one anyway, yeah. so no, exactly. It's great. Well <laughs> it no, it just this pick. It just lasts. It just yeah. continues on. It's got its own ride in Disneyland and it's a good ride. It's fun. Those all the like animated and I guess you could say children's, but not even just children, but all those like animated films are so creative. I just don't know like I don't know how they come up with all these ideas. Like even like just some of the basic ones like Toy Story, Finding Dory, like all of them. Coco, they're all they're just like, man. It's like a very imaginative room. I just picture like a lot of rivals, writers in a very like heady, cerebral space, walking around outside. Just like, you know, have you ever thought about monsters coming in kids' doors? And then all of a sudden, fourth dimensional doors flying oh. through here, powering energy systems. What? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's so crazy. And I think it's the fourth Pixar movie because you have Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, mm. and Monsters, Inc. And Monsters, Inc. goes off in its own direction like technologically too from an animation perspective because they take on hair hair wasn't really tackled as a mm. texture mm-hmm. until that movie and then it's it's like half of the characters in the movie have hair yeah um the orange guy who seems to always get stuck <laughs> with some kind of some kind of article of clothing or the a sock toy on the back <laughs> yeah. we have a 2319 yeah quotable movie Oh that's gosh. my first round pig. Put that thing back where you got it for, so help me. Yeah, put that thing back so where it came me. from, so, so help, help me. me. Anisha, we need you on here more often to compete, because <laughs> right? I feel like you're going to take something from his list. No, he just took one from mine. But you're going to get him back. I know it. I know it. Maybe. We'll see. She's not going to get it next, because now it's on to Matt. Matty All Ice. right. So with my first pick in the first round, dun, I'm going to go dun. with one, a very successful adaptation of a very famous series of books. I'm going to go with Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Ooh. Well played. One of the most visually striking movies of this particular year, 2001. I mean, hasn't anybody, everybody been in the situation where you've watched Lord of the Rings and you're like, man, I really want to go to New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like, a, like I'd like to go to the Shire, you know, like. It would be a fun time. But anyway, <laughs> Fellowship of the Ring introduces us to all of our favorite characters. You got Frodo. You got an old man, Bilbo, who's kind of going off a little bit off the rails. Remember, he does like, he's at his, like, re- basically his retirement party. That's the equivalent of that. And then he's yeah. like, I still got the ring later. Then he just like gets out and out of there, but then it kind of corrupts his mind. You get introduced to everybody's favorite, Gandalf, Sir Ian McKellen, one of the best like character portrayals of all time. You did you know the whole him banging his head on the crossbeam was not scripted? Oh nice. That was just like an improvised like that's a literal like I'm a tall person. This is a very short portion of a set. I banged my head and he just played through the pain. Nice. So shout out to I you, Ian McKellen. The action that. sequences, phenomenal. Cinematography, phenomenal. The acting's great. Everybody loves Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli. You get the whole band, right? <laughs> and it, it for the most part, like not a ton of it's like one of the rare Lord of the Rings movies where not a lot of like bad stuff happens in general terms. Like not everything's gone bad because it's still like ramping up. Yeah, it's still that. it's still building up the momentum that we get continued in Two Towers and um, Return of the King. But nevertheless, it's a great movie. Everybody everybody loves a good binge-a-thon of Lord of the Rings movies. Binge-a-thon, yeah. man, that's 
fucking nine hours. Yeah, straight. yeah. If I've never been it's down for that. It's longer than that if you do the extended cut. <laughs> exactly, Ooh. and really that's the only do. way you can. Yeah, it's Ooh. like yeah. almost four hours for fellowship. I ain't never done thirteen a hours. Of <laughs> well, and no, you know no, they no. film the first two like back to back consecutively. Oh so hell no! If you're an actor in those movies, you were working probably for what like on Lord of the Rings for at least two years straight. I thought they filming. I thought two. they did all three yeah, because each they one of yeah. each one of them came out. Was it a year apart? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, I'm pretty sure he did all. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like they filmed that shit for a long time. Um, Dang, I hope you enjoyed that project. Otherwise, a lucky trauma. So much that you start introducing yourself as Bilbo. Hello, yeah. Bilbo. Yeah. Wait, that's not my Gandalf. I'm, I'm Aragorn. Dude, <laughs> just like looking off with that weirdly greasy hair, but he wore it's, that it's like a it's, years yeah, ago. it looks so good though. Oh, yeah. It, it looks so good. Matt good. was like, "Yep, next style." Also, Matt, you got me laughing in the beginning because was it just me or I thought for sure you're gonna say like the mystical mythical land of i don't know mordor i know that's the the evil place but whatever mordor. place who, who the hell wants to go to mordor no, obviously not yeah, that yeah. hellhole literally. yeah <laughs> obviously not that place but what's uh middle where, earth middle earth yeah yeah i thought for sure you're gonna say that and just i pictured you in the theater the whole time being like that, that shit's nice. new zealand i love it new zealand <laughs> hey the shire is in new zealand all right, all right let's go it seems like a fun place to go you it know? does seem like a fun place yeah. to go. i just always wanted to hobbit home you can a like round door it's cute yeah. it's yeah. so homey it feels it i'm pretty nice sure you can like book vacations and go stay in the shire yes and I'll you can stay in that. a hobbit hole yeah yep. short people were like i'm flexing hard i'm building this Tiny Hobbit home. Sorry, that's probably an insensitive. <laughs> I, joke, I, don't, I don't know if the they're like term is son of a bitch. We're no longer listening to Mount Draftmore. I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, uh, had a couple beers, but basically, it's it's a great movie. <laughs> there you go. End of story, dude. Vigo is good. He, he's looking so good in that movie. Fresh, and then you got Boromir, played by Ned Stark himself. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep, it's kind of a dick, but then he comes around. <laughs> yep. He's a little power hungry, you know. You've never seen the extended editions? I don't know. Maybe I have. I had the whole like set, you know, all the like big ass boxes with the multiple, you know, DVDs. I probably watched them, but man, so I'm good. not a big enough fan to know. Oh, that's the extended, or that's not, or this is what was in them. Your butt would have known if you sat for four hours for <laughs> yeah. one movie. You're like, okay. My dad had the quote from that movie. I was like, I did really like it. I wasn't probably as obsessed as I was in Harry Potter at the time, but obviously I was into the genre, so I was like, yeah, Lord of the Rings. And the fight scenes, fuck yeah. My dad, I made him watch it. Bad choice. He hates that genre. And he got done, and he's like, they didn't destroy the ring? I was like, no, you got to make it it's through two more movies. Movie. And he's yeah. like, how long are those? They're each the same. He's like, I got to make it through six more hours before this ring is destroyed? I'm out. I'm out, see? <laughs> but does, like, he, does he like Star Wars? Because you got to get, okay. So then, okay. It fits. Because if it was like, oh, he likes Star Wars, but you have to wait three movies for the Emperor to but get But also, beaten, like, for, and they're not for the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. You're the right. original trilogy in Star Wars is very similar to the trilogy in Lord of the Rings, where it's like you, they kind of mirror each other, where you have the first movie, New Hope, you know, Fellowship, things are getting off the ground. Then, like, shit hits the fan, Two Towers, Empire Strikes Back. And then it's like the super big battle drama in, in Return of the King, and obviously. Um, Return yeah. of the Jedi, so. and then Pirates of the Caribbean tried to do the same shit. Didn't work. Yeah, the first one I like, and I was younger too. No, not after that. But good pick, Matt. It yeah. also had the most famous Gandalf line, probably right. The none shall pass. Yep. You shall oh, that's not it. That's pass. it. Yes. <laughs> oh, when he's going, he's going ham on that thing. The Mines of Moria. I mean, come on now. That one orc is a badass. Yeah. Guy who kills Boromir. 
My mind is. He making... does it with that big ass bow. Just like. Sticks him and Boromir still standing. He's like, let's take a couple dramatic steps. Another one. Boom. You hear, you feel like the bass when they hit him in the chest. Like, it's like, oh, that broke ribs. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. Good movie. Good pick. Anisha, your third. Pressure. No, I feel good. Okay. I feel good. That okay. was on my list. Both of you have achieved greatness because you were on the list so Shining far. in the right direction. Um, however, I am going to go in a similar direction where my 2001 pick stems from great literature. And again, as an English major at the table, mm. it is necessary for me to uh, pay homage to a great piece that was written by the J.K. Rowling. That started it all off. Mm-hmm. I am going with HP, the nice. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> Gotta go with the Harry Potter. <laughs> Written in 1998 by a woman who sat in a little coffee shop, poor one day, and realized, I'm about to get paid <laughs> in multiple ways. You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Good That's pick. my pick. Good I have pick. to, I feel like it just wouldn't be right if I didn't go there. And take that off the I table. mean, it's the highest grossing movie of the year, so. It inspired and captured all the imaginations, especially those under 11. And those older than 11 I wanted were to be a wizard, pissed. yeah. Like, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm a muggle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a muggle. Here's my thing about Harry Potter. Speaking of muggles, I love the fact that so many people have been immersed in this story, in this great adventure that really does tell us about race. And equity. And if you can't see how that plays out the story, then you need to go back and read the damn book again. Yes. Because you missed the mark. Draco's for sure a white supremacist. Man, for real, For real. He may not have worn his cap, but that bad boy was tucked in a back pocket. It's like my bloods. The whole Malfoy. And the way he says it. He says it with like all his soul. Like it's just, yeah. Throws up his soul. He said it like him and his dad practice in the mirror. Not enough. Now, listen here, Draco. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, not to digress, but I, I personally feel I will say this, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion to people. It is the least of the awesome of the movie set, but it gets everything started. And, and you have to start somewhere. To give you credit, Hermione Granger is pretty realistic to her character in the books. Mm-hmm. You know, she's more nerdy. She's got like her hair's all a mess. She's like frazzled, but a genius. Oh, Later time. on, it's like, no. Like by the end of the, in the end of the series, it's like she knows she's a superstar. Emma Watson's like, yep, I got fanboys everywhere. I'm not a nerd. F all y'all. And even if she were a nerd, she made nerding it cool for the ladies. Yes. It was like, I can go to school with a little lipstick on my tooth, look mm-hmm. a little ratty. You all I, notice. I'm, I'm still scoring yes. Victor Crumb. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's me. I'm out. Good Number pick. One. Harry you. Potter. All right. Going on a deviation. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up. We're getting off this track. <laughs> I'm going with my first one, which I guess I could have waited. But then again, I gave it away beforehand. I was stupid, everyone. I forgot the strategy behind draft more. You you hold your... It's like cards, right? You're not just showing everyone your cards on a poker table. What was I doing? What are you doing? I know. So now I'm like, if I don't pick this, it's going to get picked. Because they know it's going to win my automatic vote. But my number one movie. I even wrote it. This was the first one I wrote down. I was like, number one. 
is Amelie. This movie I called is this so shit. good. I called it, y'all. Except he said I was going to take it fourth. I, but I still knew you were going to take it. <laughs> but the disrespect. That movie does not deserve to be in the fourth round. That I said for like I'll justify I said fourth because I knew the other three of us wouldn't pick it. <laughs> so you could wait till the fourth. Disrespect. But I, dis- I digress. Go for it. Okay. So Amelie, one starring Audrey Tuto, fantastic uh, actor. It did something really, really hard to do. It pleased the critics and the audience. It did be, it was really successful in the box office for its budget. And also it definitely um, got its accolades. Let me pull it up. It did get nominated for some Oscars, including best foreign film. I think it even got thrown in there. Where's my safari page? It got thrown in there for a best screenplay as well. If you haven't seen this movie, I would highly suggest it. Especially if you like like Wes Anderson or any kind of like whimsical, very, very imaginative stories. This has got it. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. I want to tell you all about the scenes, but I can't. You just have to experience the magic for yourself. I even want to tell you more about this movie. But I'm like, the fact that you haven't seen it, you you can't prepare yourself for this movie. I sat down Marjorie. It became one of her top all-time five movies. She just saw it. It was just like, where has this been all my life? You got to see this movie. Okay. Let's see. I'm thinking about it. I know I got to sell people on it. I just think, uh, can you how to sell it? Can you at least tell us where we can watch it? Is it? Yeah. A, I think it's on Netflix, right? I think so. Sure. I mean, look that shit up. Y'all got phones. <laughs> You're the <laughs> one who needs to sell look it. That shit up. Hey, hey good. I will bring you a copy. I mean, you hit me up in the Instagram and you live in the area, or give me your mailing address. I will mail you a copy. I have seen Amelie, but it was a long time ago. But the one thing is I don't remember anything. Because it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Forgettable. (laughs) Also, well, hey, hey, wait wait a second here. Wait a second here. Just tell us about the movie. It's whimsical. (laughs) Okay, it's whimsical. It's magical. It's set in France. It has the perfect trickster character as the protagonist. That's very extremely (laughs) dynamic. It follows multiple different storylines. It sets up... um, a really, really authentic romance that isn't at all focused about the romance because they don't get together, really, the majority of the movie. Sorry, spoiled it for y'all, but I'm kind of doubtful you're even going to watch it because y'all are haters. No one's but hating. I'm I asking you to tell us about it. to you right now. What's happening? Anisha, you're not a hater. He's getting so you're defend- I'm not a hater. <laughs> We're haters because we want to know about the movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right. So the love story does focus a lot on the protagonist who's played by Audrey Toto, and it's a really, really good exploration of this um, self-identity, like self-confidence, this growth through she's constantly helping all these other people. If you think about like an extreme empath, an extreme, like she's like the raven or the trickster character flipped on its head for good. And it's going through the story doing all these really, really interesting things. It talks a lot about fate, chance, um, has some fantastic supporting characters. Uh, The Oscars that I mentioned it for, best original screenplay, best foreign language. um, So grossing 174.2 million worldwide against a budget of 10 million. It's still played all over the place. Like if you're trying to get into like more independent films, 2001, this isn't even like a 2001 pick. Like, I would pick this if we were doing the all-time best, like, independent films. 
Like, this is up there. I mentioned Eternal Sunshine the other day. That's also another one of my favorites. Mm, fantastic. This is up there. This is on the same level. Like, the storytelling's so fantastic. It's so complex. Now, if I, I remember correctly, so it takes place in, like, a small town where, like, everybody knows everybody. Is that it's right? Paris. Pa- well, I mean, it's not, not a small town. But, like, generally, like, her neighborhood, people know who she is. There's, like... She's running into these people, like, so she works at a cafe. Yeah. So she knows everyone in the cafe. So, like, very Parisian cafe. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some regulars that she knows. Um, the other things are, like, people within her flat and the neighboring. Yeah. Building. Those are the people that she knows. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Like, like a, her, she knows her neighbors, and it's just, like, a bunch of, like, funny situations that she happens to, like, run into. Funny, but definitely impactful. Yeah. And deep. It's the kind of movie you can watch multiple times and get something different every time you watch it. Clearly, I thought it was funny the first time, so maybe I'll think it's very moving the next time. I mean, it's got comedy. It's got fantastic comedy. The one of the scenes since we did a... Um, we've talked about sports, right? We've done sports a couple times on this podcast. There's a fantastic scene where this little French girl, she's given a camera and she's taking pictures all day. And all of a sudden... This guy, after these two people like crash into each other on the bike, he starts yelling at her and he's like, it's bad luck. You take pictures all day. You take pictures of people. It causes accidents. And like there's like it jump cuts to this little girl in front of the screen watching the news and all these like car wrecks and crashes. And she's like traumatized acting sells it. And how is her revenge once she figures out that guy was messing with her? This adult, he's watching soccer, right? Classic French fashion. Sorry, but I'm going to be like, he's like, blah, blah, you know, blah, blah, just speaking French. Just really it. Yeah, exactly. Ah! And she's on top of the building. You know, it's like 1950s, 60s, 70s. It's, it's very old timey, the, like the look of it. And she's got the satellite antenna and she's just unplugging it while listening to the game. So every time they're about to score a goal, plug, pulls the plug, his TV goes out and he's just like losing his mind. <laughs> and this little girl like, F you, man, F you. It's a fantastic film. Beautiful, beautiful film. Check it out, Amelie. Yeah. On Netflix. Maybe. No. Look it up. It's got to be look somewhere. Look it up. You, it's, yep. If you want to watch it, you need to look it up. There you go. That's what he's saying. I think Matt might be helping me out. Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> nope. I don't think so. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a nope. hater. You know what? You know what Matt's waiting for? That's the end of the first round. So. Uh, yeah. He's ready for a segment. Give me the facts. Max got facts. What you got? Okay. So. Actually, talking about Anisha's pick here, a little bit of knowledge what? about what? What? Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, since it is the highest-grossing domestic film of 2001. Okay, how much money do you think it made in 2001? We'll start there. I have several other facts after that. Highest-grossing film. I am so bad with these types of things. I'll say a billion. A billion? It just no. I'm just talking about just in 2001. Damn it. This is domestic gross. It's not worldwide. So just uh, in the just U.S. Here. Just in the U.S. Mm. I'm so bad with this. I'm clearly not what? a businessman. Uh, 340 million. But when, but when in 2000, if it's only for the year 2001, when does it come out? Because if it's only out for two months. Well, back in the, well, I think most Harry Potter movies come out around Thanksgiving, if, if I'm not mistaken. So that means you got, you, know, you, got, a couple. you got like six weeks. Mm-hmm. How much can it make in six weeks? How much did you say? Three hundred. Originally said three hundred forty mil. Three hundred forty mil. I'm thinking like maybe two sixty. Two sixty. Okay. If only in six weeks. I know. And seeing, I don't know if I'm just gonna shoot low because I was gonna say one fifty. 
It's actually 317. Nice. What? What? Thanks. Nice. Good job. And so considering that, again, this was mostly the trend. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure the trend was that Harry Potter films came out. It was always like Thanksgiving week release. Like, I remember that as a kid. That was generally the time when those movies came out. It has a $125 million budget, so it almost tripled its money. Pretty close, just in the U.S. So very good U.S. start in a short amount of time. Again, the highest grossing film of 2001. Since 2001, it has had over a billion dollars in revenue to date. See, and did I mm-hmm. did I did I say a billion out loud? Mm-hmm. Yes. You were thinking okay. to date. I yeah. was. I was like, because I know each of them has made about a billion. Because mm-hmm. I think between the eight, they've made around ten, um, which is crazy for ten movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Just thinking about like re-releases and worldwide distribution, a billion dollars off of just one movie in Damn. in twenty years, crazy. And Damn. then the last little fact for you is uh. A little bit of a famous what if. So apparently Steven Spielberg was was supposed to be the first choice to direct Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone, but he declined. And the story is that he wanted to actually make it into an animated film. Hmm. And you know who was going to voice Harry Potter in this was Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ultimately that didn't happen. <laughs> Spielberg declined because he felt that the movie did not present enough of a cinematic challenge for him. So also, well, not quite varsity enough for him. If it wasn't for that, Swiss Army Man would never have existed. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good movie. So there's your Matt Facts for you. A little bit of a Harry Potter knowledge. Matt Facts. All right. Well, round two. Let's get into that second round. Dustin. What? It's back to me. It's back to you. This one, I feel like I have to defend a little bit less defensively. I mean, you hostile. decided to be defensive off the cuff, so that's kind of on you. They I wasn't sipping no haterade over here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know he's like, y'all are hating. Like, uh, we're hate just asking questions. This is not haterade, yeah. Except you don't know what happens off air. <laughs> haters gonna hate off air. They're saying no one would have taken it. Disrespect. If, if you've got haters, <laughs> that's a good thing. It means you're doing shit right. Yep, I'm a Lee. Okay, this one, y'all will know for sure. I'm going with Spirited Away. Damn it. <laughs> so, so, like, that that was my one-two punch, man. Yep, that's why I wanted that wraparound, because I was like, I told everyone beforehand, TV shows, 2000s. I had to go arrested because I wasn't going to sleep at night if I didn't get it. Same thing with Amelie. I probably could have waited on that. But Spirited Away, I was like, I do think that one's going to go. Personally, out of all the Miyazaki films and Studio Ghibli, that's my personal favorite. I think it's really, really fantastic in both its characters and also the world that it sets up and some of the social commentary on talking like some of the industrialization of Japan. Like even that first scene is just so eerie. Like when they're walking into the town and their parents turn into pigs and they're just gorging themselves on all this food. And man, there's some one moment it's eerie. The next moment it's like kind of magical. I mean, you know, I don't know if you ever really like feel great. Like she lost her parents pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> Not like super uplifting, but they do have like a lot of different characters. Also, my favorite, No Face. Oh my gosh, I love that character so much. Like, captured my imagination. And this, I think there's like a lot of times in these kind of movies, there's that character that the protagonist is showing a lot of grace to and care. And it usually kind of like works out for them. And it kind of works out for those around them. Like, oh, they were misunderstood. So. Uh, Shihiro, you know, when she first sees No Face, there's kind of like this connection. Um, and she's, I don't know, she's being a little bit more generous and everything. And obviously, No Face starts eating all those people, getting gigantic. And 
Yeah. I guess the other thing that Miyazaki films do really well is they, they let you like sit in the moment sometimes. So there's that scene where Chihiro is taking that train out and it's going over the water and she's just sitting next to no face on the, on the, uh, you know, the bench by the window. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. Also super successful. So if we're talking about some of the biggest Miyazaki films, um, let me pull it up here. So originally released July 2001, grossing $384.4 million at the worldwide box office, frequently considered one of the greatest animated films of all time, ranks in the top 30 IMDb's highest rated movies of all time, um, successful and highest grossing film in Japanese history. I think it actually that record got broken a little recently, but it held it for a while, right? It held yep. it for 19 years until Demon Slayer. Yeah, Demon Slayer. it just and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can I take the words out of your mouth. So Damn. 19 years. Too bad you yes, don't know what the movie's said. called, but whatever. Yeah, I don't care. Everybody know. Like I could say that and drop Demon Slayer. <laughs> people know. It also won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature at the 75th Academy awards making it the first and only hand-drawn and non-english language animated film to win the award this is a fantastic film i mean i would say like totoro is up there for miyazaki films for sure especially with like iconography but my favorite's always got to be spirited away it's got that arc to the the story and even with the um dynamic i guess you could say like hero or deuteragonist right shihiro is the protagonist but um the person who's been helping her out the whole time at this town ends up being trapped in this body. He's actually like a river spirit. And the whole thing is don't forget your name. There's like a lot of things around the self identity thing. Um, and just, there's a lot of really interesting like cultural analysis too, for when this came out in Japan. Beautiful. Spirited away. Good job. Anisha. Yeah, I Props to you. Yes. That would have been my next one. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, uh, and it would have been my next one if somehow I had gotten it. So yes. well played, well played. Yeah. So even though we don't, even though we haven't seen Amelie, you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> don't pull a Dylan and blow the last half. No well, dilly bars. Yeah, no dilly bars. <laughs> I'm gonna pick with my heart, so there might be, might be some. Oh Lord. Anisha, you're up. So I'm going to keep in the realm of movies that were awarded the Academy Award for best animated feature the one i'm going to choose was the first movie given that the one that was just on the docket was second for that award because of how late it came out in the states but i am going to go with now as a disney fan i will always my heart will always be about disney slash pixar but there is something about a movie that's got a character named donkey yes who makes waffles <laughs> yes and sings yep. like i think the world should be sung so we all know i'm talking about shrek yep shrek i love shrek shrek number one i pro- i just watched it a couple of weeks ago before spring break i will watch it you always get a laugh out of there's, shrek always there, there's so many quotable things in that movie I love it. There's it's, also a lot of adult jokes oh yeah, man. that you don't pick up <laughs> when you're a kid, and now you're like, whoa, I didn't realize they did that. When you first see the fairy tale folks in the forest, like they're in like that camp, and you see <laughs> Papa Bear and like Baby Bear, and then later you go to Farquaad's chamber, and Mama Bear is just a rug on the ground. It's like, oh, that's cold-blooded. Yeah, cold-blooded. <laughs> I also want to point out that, I, that my second pick is also based on a book. Just so everybody is clear. Nice. Uh, 
book was written in 1990, in case you need to know. So get your read on and then Ooh. go and watch the movie and do a compare and contrast, as the English teacher inside me would enjoy. Uh, but yes, lots of quotable quotes, lots of great scenes, lots of great music, except for the song that gets stuck in your head at all times. But that's okay. I mean... Smash Mouth. What can you do? Dude, <laughs> Gingy gets, and he's getting tortured. He spits in the torturer's yeah. face and he says, eat me. It's like, oh my God. But that's a great scene in itself. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin, the Muffin Man? Man? The Muffin Man. Oh, uh, yes. He lives, like, why he are we talking about Brewery where he lives Lane. on Brewery Lane? <laughs> <laughs> The Muffin Man. Pinocchio yes. is hilarious oh, in yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's also good. Apparently, well, it was supposed to be Chris Farley was supposed to be Shrek originally, but yes. then he he died. So then they almost they he, they had like eighty or ninety percent of his lines were done, but then they rewrote everything for Mike Myers mm. because they didn't feel like it was right to try to finish it out without Chris Farley. You know, I watched the uh, documentary of Chris Farley's life that was done with his brothers and other people who were really close to him, and when that was mentioned, I love that guy. I don't think I would have loved Shrek. It would have been way. different. Mm. It would have been yeah. so different. And not that that is bad. Um, but there is something about Mike Myers. And he, he lends himself well to animated films, <laughs> which is surprising because he hasn't done a ton of animated films in his career. Right. It's like he's got the perfect comedic mm-hmm. style for animated films. I also know, and I was actually, I actually just had this conversation earlier with a student, uh, but I was talking about how Eddie Murphy as an animated character. Phenomenal. So mm. Phenomenal. Yep, Donkey and Mushu. Oh, yes. He is Dragon. The best. <laughs> nice. Good pick. Shrek. Thank you. Matt, Thank you're you. up. All right. My next pick, I'm going to go with a a heist whodunit. I'm going to go Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Oh. Dang it. Mm-hmm. The list is dwindling. Ocean's Eleven <laughs> is the best Oceans by far because... Uh, heist movies is like okay we get it you're gonna steal something and it's gonna be a misdirect it's it's like the classic shell game you're looking over here while something else is going over here the cast dynamite a-listers everywhere Clooney Pitt all right Matt Damon you go on and on and on and on and on like you you know a cast is so good when Don Cheadle is a supporting actor, and you don't even really remember that character that well. But you know Don Cheadle's in that movie, all right? Andy Garcia, everything. Everybody loves a good heist movie, and this is one of the best heist movies of all time. It's so good that Rick and Morty even make fun of heist movies in season four when they they say, we're getting the band back together, and it's like a heist off. And it's all about making fun of, like, what Oceans basically does, which is you're paying it. They're telling you one story, but really there's a second story, that's the real story that's happening in the background. It's great. There's tons of comedy. I mean, the, the on-screen chemistry between Brad Pitt and George Clooney is is dynamite. That is like one of the best like heavy-hitting movie duos of all time. And they just, you could totally tell it's like good cop, bad cop. They're, they play off one another. And then Matt Damon's kind of like a whiny sidekick who wants to be in part of the action. They're like, you're not ready for this and all this. Um, you got the Vegas atmosphere. The soundtrack's great. Yeah, it's just a great movie. One that you could play. It's one of the ones, and I judge this like a mark of a good movie. You're scrolling through the channels on TV. When it's on, you, you're like, oh, I got to watch that. Ocean's Eleven's one of those movies. <laughs> 12, not great. 13, <laughs> really not great. But 11 is great. 8 was pretty good. How do you feel eight about 8? Uh, yeah, I liked 8. I liked okay. 8, yeah. It was different. 
but I liked it. Yeah. I don't disagree with how you broke it down. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> nice. Maddie Ice. Good yeah. pick, Matt. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven. I know. Again, my old list dwindling. Because then it also pops in your head. You're like, man, do you think it's possible to like rob a casino in Vegas? Do you think you could do that? I don't know. My answer is no. I couldn't. Don't put me on your team. I'm going to get us caught so fast. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like looking through your phone. You're like, who could I call on to round up my team? Yeah. <laughs> I'll plan behind the scenes, but actually there, oh man, I'm, you such, could a, be, uh, I'm such a scaredy cat. You could be the old guy. Uh, I forget. His name's like Ira or something like that. Yeah, and he's got yeah. the thick glasses. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Put yeah. me on your team. Very thoughtfully. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Well, like, Dustin, pick. we need you to pick up that dry cleaning for them to wear. Gotcha, to team. The heist. Should be able to hold You're gonna it down. You're going to look so good. Yes. You're going to smell the fresh clothes. Oh. Yes. yes. <laughs> Woo. I got you all. All right. Ben, it's your pick, right? Okay. Yes, it's my pick. <laughs> and I'm pretty confident I'm going to get the whole team that I want because my last pick ain't no one going to pick. No one's going to pick mm-hmm. it. No one's going to pick it. Not even Matt. Yeah, I'm looking at you because you might pick it. but I, don't I might pick so. it. I don't know. Second, I think I'm going to go with like a cult classic. Everybody loves this movie. Don't do it. Me, myself, don't not really it. the biggest fan of it. Don't freaking. But it has to be done. He's don't do, do it. it. Yeah, I got to do it. No. Yeah, because these two picks are the most important picks for my team because I have to wait so long again. So you know I got to go Blue Steel. Oh, yeah, yep, you know I gotta do Zoolander. That was, that was <laughs> you thought no one was so gonna hot. pick that. So hot. Oh man, that I, was like wait, I what? Was, you thought no one was gonna pick it? No, no, he. Uh, knew. I would have definitely knew someone was gonna pick it. No, my last pick, knew. my fourth pick. Oh, okay. I'm not worried about. It. I'm like no one's gonna take that. But I think I, I would have picked yeah. Zoolander for. But I everyone was gonna go I Zoolander. Just need to yeah. say I am upset with that because I tried to strategize against what your brain would do, and I thought I could pull that third. And no. You thought wrong. <laughs> Man, yeah. For uh, Matt, how old were we when that movie came out? Wow, we're doing that right now? Well, just me and Matt, because we're 94 <laughs> Club together. So we bond seven, on this seven, a lot. Yeah. Okay, this was like quoted so much and at such an early age. That what these, is this? A school for ants? <laughs> it needs to be at least three times, times bigger, bigger than this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I quoted this like my whole life because of where it came in my life. Plus, my family loves this movie. Oh, my gosh. Merman. Merman. (laughs) (laughs) And the one that always gets passed over, but like my neighbor would quote every single time, like every single time um, would be that like, just because we have stunning features and chiseled abs doesn't mean that we too cannot die in a freak. Gasoline fight accident. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, beautiful. It's so funny when they're just doing yes. the gasoline at the gas station. Yes. Just like it's a fucking Jamming car wash. Yeah. Fucking God damn it. it. So how do you feel about this movie? I mean, it's not an awful me- movie, but mm. it's like it's the comedy of the year. Like, that's the 2001 mm. comedy. If you were going to pick a movie, like if you were going to pick a comedy, like that's the one that has to go. And I see a lot of different directions these things are going. And I thought, Monsters, Inc., Zoolander. I mean, it is Ben Stiller. Like, we've talked about this before. Like, actors at the height of their superpowers. Yep. Zoolander is Stiller at his height. Yeah, and then, he, and then he gets to feature a Wilson brother and Will Ferrell. There are so many, like, also coming cameos off of, like, in there. Yeah. Who got to? 
It's so yes. hot right now. Yes. I have a Mugatu Funko Pop in my office. Hell yes, yeah. that's Because why not? You also have a Blue Steel shirt. Mm, where his face yeah. He is Blue Steel. I lo- yeah, I love when he's in the coal Dere-leaked. mine. Dereleaked. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I can derelict my own balls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, David Bowie shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I love uh, Mulder. He shows up as a hand model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His hands like in, per, like we in think plexiglass. Than you body boys. <laughs> it's yes. in Jerry the Stiller's computer. in that as his, as the manager. That one, that part. Oh yes, that was like I die every time during that when scene. When they throw the smashes it. I remember the first time watching it. Like you know that moment when all of a sudden you clue in on the joke right before it's about to happen and you realize the genius of the moment and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so good. Like right when it's over his head, we're going to bring you down. (laughs) I feel like it also fits 2001 very well because like, Thinking back to that time, it was all like Abercrombie ads and like all of that. And Mm -hmm. it's like totally making fun of what you would normally see in like Times Square at that time, like gigantic billboards of like these really fake plasticky models. And it's like, all right, let's make fun of them. Mm-hmm. It's a funny movie. Last yes. pick of the second round. There we go. Man, well played. Thank you, thank you. <whistles> Y'all, it is halftime, and we got a true deep dive. Take it away, Dustin. All right, yes. And right now I'm going to be talking about a major event that happened in 2001. Anyone want to take a guess? No, I love it. Yes, so thinking about movies and the times that they exist within, obviously... This is going to happen in September, so it's towards the end of the year. But we can see an almost immediate effect. So it's going to kick off a dramatic effect where the two-year period immediately following it was an era in which the media was defined both by its patriotism and its aversion to images and violence, destruction of cities, especially like New York, like think like 19, I think it's 1996, Independence Day. Anything happening... With citywide destruction, they really, really stayed clear of. They started rewriting a lot of shows. Um, There was a couple stragglers that came in, and it was an era that really started to struggle on how to talk about some real-world events going on with the war with terrorism or with international affairs. There are some that try it. Um, Spike Lee's going to come in a little bit later, amongst others. But it's something that many, many stay clear of. War movies were essentially non-existent, which is a genre that Matt and I both follow a lot, um, something that just people didn't necessarily want. A lot of, like, gory Black Hawk Down comes out in 2001, mm-hmm. but, like, you don't really want to see these American troops get shot at when it's just so fresh in everyone's minds. Um, there was also some rewrites that happened. So there was actually one to Friends that I never knew about before looking this up. So there was an episode called The One Where Rachel Tells Ross, in which Chandler is taken into custody by TSA after making a quip about bringing a bomb into a plane, and the scene was quickly removed. Films like The Bourne Identity 2002, whose plot featured terrorism and villainous CIA, were extensively re-edited and re-shot. Not just because of the terrorist elements, but also saying the CIA is really villainous. It was not exactly an easy time to come out as anti-US if you're trying to make a lot of money at the box office. Very, very hoorah USA. So it's just interesting to think about these films don't exist in a vacuum. You got 94 people here. Woo, woo. We were seven soaking everything in. And you got uh, some of the major, major events of the U.S. that were going to affect films almost immediately. Yeah, it almost makes me think of, too, like um, kind of what the ramifications of 
of COVID are going to be for like films mm-hmm. that you're even thinking about doing like a virus outbreak or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like I know that a big portion of Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be around like a viral outbreak. Yeah. And then they had to re-edit that because again, it comes out in 2021 and obviously we're still in the midst of COVID-19. So same kind of thing is like how, where's the line Yep, and how close can you tread to it while also not like triggering people or anything like that and still providing a compelling storyline. Yeah. Hollywood definitely at least mainstream big overall picture of the industry definitely cares about the pulse of the public. So it's just kind of interesting to always be thinking about like, wait, what was happening during that era and how might, might it show up? Yeah. Nice. Very interesting. Great job. Great halftime, Dustin. Let's, uh, let's get into that third round, but before we do, we'll do a quick little recap. Dustin has Amelie and spirited away. Ooh-ooh. Spirit away. It's such a good pick. Nisha's got great picks too. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Shrek Matt's got Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and Ocean's Eleven. And best heist movie, you ain't lying. And I've got Monsters, Inc. and Zoolander. Round three. And for my third pick, I'm going to take A Beautiful Mind. Because mm. I feel like I need nice. to have yeah. I need to have like that kind of level of movie, an Oscar-nominated movie, one that has like... Also a thinker. It yeah. Makes think. Like a... Yeah. It's good, I, and it does. It's not. It doesn't deal with war outright, but there's the whole like tie to like code breaking and mm, the Cold Soviets war, yeah. and like Cold War. So, um, I mean, the twist at the end of it, I didn't see it coming. But also, I was young, and I I watched this in school. I can't remember what class they had us watch this in. I had it either was in it math like or history. Or? I don't. It. I had to have seen it in like early high school, and it might have been history because Mister Thu would do that. Um, but yeah, I remember watching. I was like, damn, this is crazy. And the math in it is fun. Like, it's well, like, I mean, it makes you want to be good at math. Yeah. 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 I didn't see the twist coming either. So it was, I love, I love those good twists. Exactly. What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, good portrayal and pretty freaky. There's that scene where he's got like the baby in the bath and he's like freaked out in like the side outdoor shed and everything. Yeah. Just showing the whole relationship. For sure. I, I really liked it when I saw it. I haven't seen it for a while, but definitely I remember being really taken up by like just the strain. It's kind of hard too when they're like, you're already married, you have kids, like you really kind of feel for the wife who's not happy. But I mean, you're seeing your loved one just fall apart like that. Yeah. Pretty rough. Which is tough because he is a genius. Yeah. You know? Isn't he, is he's schizophrenic, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. And it's tackling mental health too. Like that's that's a heavy movie. I know that's why I thought maybe you saw it in health, but I might I, I might have. I don't remember where I saw it, but I remember I saw it in school, and I was like, "Damn, this is a," and it's Russell Crow- like Matt always mm-hmm. talks about actors at the height of their powers. Like this is Russell dominated Crow, early two thousands in his prime. Um, Got Gladiator going on. Ron oh, Howard's the director. Yes, he is. Like Paul Bettany's in that. It's a great movie. I believe Ed Harris. Ed Harris is in it yep. too, yeah. Yeah, Ed Harris. For, Ed Harris. For me personally, I'm the kind of person who I won't listen to something or watch something if there's an actor in it that I'm just anti. For example, Tom Cruise, eh, eh, done. Hey, I was just saying this the other day. Although, like you've seen like a couple of Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise Tom movies. Cruise. I have, I have. Yeah. But my thing is, as much as I can't stand Russell Crowe, this is a very beautifully done movie. Yes. And I have to give respect to that and put aside my own 
issues with an actor. Oh yeah, and he's got like it, it's a one of those roles where you're like, wow, I didn't know he was capable of doing that as mm-hmm. an actor because you're like he's just an action dude, right? Yeah, like when you're in Gladiator and then you go to that, it's like, whoa, whoa that's is that a, the same guy. <laughs> that's a total changeup. <laughs> Very nice. Very yep, nice. That's my pick, Matt. It's on to you, brother. All right. So third pick. Man, there's a lot of good movies in 2001, isn't there? I am going to go with another... I feel like I've gone with kind of like the, uh, the the fantasy realm, obviously, The Lord of the Rings, went the heist movie that's got some good comedy to it. I'm going to go with a little bit more of a, a dramatic, but also Oscar-worthy movie, Training Day, Ooh. with a little Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke. Talk about one of be- one of Denzel's best movies. Training Day is excellent. It's kind of like where's the line when you're talking about a, a guy who just wants to do the right thing. It's his first day on the job, and he's learning like, whoa, there's some crazy stuff going on with my my supposed partner who's got a lot of back dealings as a cop in L.A., right? So Training Day, overall, you just can't go wrong with Denzel Washington. You can't go wrong. And this is him. Height of his powers. Height of his powers, exactly. <laughs> This is the Denzel you want to see. He's a badass. He's blurring the lines between good and bad. He's into some shady stuff. Ethan Hawke, again, he's just a rookie. He's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm doing. There's drugs. There's money. There's gangsters. There's all sorts of craziness going on in training day. Um, it's another one of those ones where I'm very guilty of, like, it comes on. You'll be scrolling through the TV. It comes on. You're like, I got to watch that. Training day is definitely one of those movies. So, training day. Good pick. Mic drop. And he's out. You don't need to say much about Denzel movies, especially Training Day. He drops the mic and it falls and rolls to you. You're, <laughs> you're next. Okay, so this is the time where my brain's like, oh, I only have two picks left and whatever I say right now, and then it like dictates what my last pick is going to be. But I'm going to try to channel my home skillet over here in this movie of like, this speaks to my heart, and I feel like I'm going to have to sell it a little bit, but I got to stay true to Anisha. So what I'm hitting you with is a movie that was nominated for eight Oscars. I knew it. One, two. Hmm? And I know it. Do you, with, uh, you're, you got do this. Do you know this? I think so. Uh, it has Should one I of guess? the most beautifully, like, the director is one of my favorites, and he's so obscure in the entire world. Should I guess? Go ahead. Is it guess. Moulin Rouge? Oh, that's it what I was about Moulin to guess, Rouge. too. It is. Like, yeah. It's my whole heart and soul. Baz Luhrmann? Yeah. Yes. I freaking love him. I freaking love musicals. It is my jam. And to watch Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor just get it on the screen, it, it's magic to me. I also feel like I channeled a little bit of the French background there with yeah. my movie. So You also dodged a bullet because that was going to be my very next one. Like, oh, so it would I, not have come back to you. So I snatched you. Yes. Okay. So I feel I feel good that I went there. I there's something so magical about this movie to me. And um, I will admit that I have done the elephant song at karaoke uh, <laughs> with a friend of mine. And we've both played both sides of the song. Um, it's a wonderful story. I think it's beautiful. And I love Baz Luhrmann. I, yeah, that, that's where I'm at in my third pick. The Moulin Rouge. Music in that is great. Right. And so then you, catchy. Had that, you had the awesome, like, Collabo. Uh, who who did the song? Christina Aguilera, Pink, Maya, and, and Missy. And Missy. 
Um, the other thing I'm going to do is give a shout out to John. Wait, Lizzo it wasn't Missy. Missy Elliott wasn't in that. It was Eve. No. Wasn't it? No. In the what? Look it up. I'm going to because I don't think that's right. And then when I am right, you can apologize on mic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moulin Rouge song. Christina Aguilera. Oh, both of us are wrong. God damn it. Christina Aguilera, Maya Pink, oh, Lil, Kim. Lil Kim. Lil Kim. Okay, well, we'll just take I was wrong. apology off. I was wrong as well. It's cool. All right, cool. We, ate, we eat that. You know who's underrated, though, is Ewan McGregor. Yeah, he's so oh, good. He, gets, really he gets only viewed as Obi-Wan, but he's so much more than that. He's got a ton of good movies. Yes. Big Fish, I love Big Fish. I love Big Fish. Big it's Fish so is such good. a good movie. Yes. He's got depth. Yeah. Great great voice, great singing voice. Yeah. yeah. He's also a great Christopher Robin. Yeah. Because he did that too. Oh, he did. He's in yes. Fargo who plays two twin brothers that are both major characters. Go him. <laughs> Talented man. Also Go stoked him. for that Obi-Wan series though. Also, yeah, going to yeah. be dope. All right, Dustin, third pick. Man. So does that mean the one that you were going to go fourth now has to be third? Well, no, I guess you could make it fourth still. Oh, it's going to be fourth. That one has not been taken, so it ain't going to get taken. Well, and yeah. I, <laughs> and I know when I say it, too, I don't think it's going to be one that you're like, oh, I was going to guess that one. But now I'm in this, like, really He's like Godzilla versus Space Ghidorah. <laughs> <laughs> was that a movie Spy that came kids. out then? Yeah, there's a, there's a Godzilla movie that comes out in is 2001. The, is that the one that's in that's New York, hilarious. and they're, like, in Madison Square Garden, and there's all these, like... Dino eggs, and they're like, "Oh no!" Oh not- no, that's like that's like Matthew Broderick's uh, like Godzilla reboot. That's yeah. the one that I grew up watching. Yeah, and that one, I mean, that's actually not a bad that's one. Not terrible. Yeah. God, I like when I was a kid. I liked that movie. I was like, yeah. Godzilla's design is interesting, but it was got that was Godzilla two thousand. Mm. Yeah, I see. I see. I see. Anyways, yeah, man. Now I'm in this like dilemma. There's like three or four different films I could take right now. Some I actually haven't seen, but I've always just heard of critically acclaimed. If I'm thinking about like the best, some of them I have seen, but I'm like, would I really put that in the best of 2001? I just don't want you to take what I think I'm going to choose as my fourth one. I don't think I will stay away from my next one. I think I know what your last pick is. No, you don't. I don't. I'll let you guess though. When we get there, you know, you want to draft how high, <laughs> Dude, that's my last pick. Don't you fucking take that. <laughs> I just threw off my whole group. Hmm. Stroke smoke. <laughs> Movie's dope. Method man. <laughs> Got weed. It. What in the world? Got blunt. <laughs> Y'all are delaying for me and it's wonderful. Okay. I'm gonna go with a movie. I Almost went with Black Hawk Down, but you know I really haven't watched it recently, and I feel like I've gone more critically. Ewan conscious. McGregor is also in that movie, which is he weird. Is what and when yeah. I forgot about that. No, yeah, he's he's in Black Hawk Down. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, I really like the war genre, like when I was growing up, and some really make you critically think because some of them are like, oh, is this just propaganda for like, yay, yay, the military? But <sighs> are you doing Pearl Harbor? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, I'm saying I'm ruling out Black Hawk Down. Got it. Okay. Because I feel like it's a little bit too hoorah, and I haven't seen it recently to put my badge. A lot of famous it. actors in that movie, actually. That is true. Yeah. 
do, 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 I know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I'm going to go with the Royal Ten Bombs. Yes. This is actually Wes Anderson's that highest. That super sucks. I just want you yes. to stop talking right now. That yes. little, like that was my that was it. That's All right, I'm draft out. over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I will make this brief then. Most financially successful film until Grand Budapest Hotel, which I actually really like that one as well. I like that. Yeah, one I too. like that one yeah. too. Yes, and uh, nominated for Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay in 2016, included in BBC's 100 Greatest Films of the 21st Century. I like, you know, Wes Anderson, too, for directors. I like a director who definitely gives their own personal taste and flavor to stuff. So even though the people here have heard me say it, I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan. At the very least, you know he's got a style. Wes Anderson has a style. Mm -hmm. Like, the Coen brothers have a style. Baz Luhrmann has a style. Like, for filmmakers, there's at least something to be said of, like, they're really good at their craft and they're really good at telling the story through a really interesting perspective that no one can quite do like them. So I'm a, I'm a Wes Anderson fan. And I think that for a third rounder, especially and thinking about like how big of a following Wes Anderson does have and definitely Royal Tenenbaums gets a lot of love amongst others. That's going to be my third round pick. And I'm sorry, Anisha, I'll stop talking. <laughs> we, we traded. We You stole one of mine. I stole one no, of yours. No, I feel that, but I'm like, oh, man, my heart just feels so empty now. <laughs> Don't worry. You can still get Jay and Silent Bob. Here's what I was. <laughs> so how I was going to sell my fourth pick, was I was just going to start name dropping the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And go from there because they are just amazing I as know. a collective. Like this, that's my favorite Gene Hackman movie. Usually, that guy is in this other genre. Of maybe he's killed some people. Maybe he's psychologically dealt you mm-hmm. down. But uh, he takes a whole twist here. And yeah, Wes Anderson, mad love for that guy. My sister actually turned me on to him. So I think you might like Amelie. Like if you like Wes Anderson, I think you'll like Amelie. She um, would so think that the way yeah. you the <clears throat> pardon me the way you explained it, she'd probably like it. I'd I, probably like it too. Yeah, give it a chance. Um. But, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Okay, no, it's moving on. But remember, I was not the hater at the table. You weren't. During your first round. Yeah, you're good. These two, on the other hand. I know. <sighs> well, I guess I'm You're making me want here. to hate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I'm just like, you know what? Fuck that movie. At the, at the very end. Fuck of that movie. movie. Hey, guys, vote for me. Yeah. Yeah, vote hey, for me. Hey, haters. <laughs> hey, haters, vote for vote me. Vote for me, please. As right. I flick my hair. <laughs> You can't blame me. It became an ongoing joke. I couldn't deviate from it. <laughs> hey, what's, what, what, what's in the saltines? What are saltines yes. made out of? See? Hated. <laughs> oh that was gosh. funny because I couldn't like rephrase the question. You know when someone's not getting you and you're like, okay, wait, wait. Let me rephrase this. Like, what ingredients, like flour plus, but I just was like, this is a question that is so obvious. I have Salt. Flour, water, <laughs> like, baking saltines. soda, salt. That's it. <laughs> There we go. Anyways. That would have been a sufficient answer. Well, there you, you got it now. That's the end of the third round. <laughs> I got the trivia, the cosmic questions. Here we go. 2001 trivia. Y'all, what movie was the highest grossing movie of 2001? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. 
Mm, we're talking like globally. Oh, oh glo- globally. Globally. Okay. Globally, 2001. Not Spirit. domestically. Spirited away? He says spirited away. Just the way you were looking at me, I was like. Well, no, because everyone was so is unanimous, like mine? Harry Potter. But it's like, oh, well. I don't think it's one of mine. And plus, you guys say Harry Potter, but remember, Harry Potter was only out for six weeks in 2001. That's true. So it's. Mm-hmm. I might mm-hmm. actually go Moulin Rouge. That's got that's got broad appeal. <laughs> Moulin Rouge spirited away. Come on, pick one. I mean, I don't know. Lord of the Rings. Yep, you're right. Lord of the Rings. $887 million. Okay. Made some banks. This is more just like a random number, but Lord of the Rings was nominated for 13 Oscars. How many did it win? For Fellowship? Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm already thinking about cinematography and... Five? And he's just says soundtrack. Five. Go eight. Eight. Six. Six. Ooh. Damn. She got you by one because she said five. Ah. It was four. You were right. Cinematography, I visual effects, original score, and makeup. Darn. Almost now we're going to shift Ford. away. This is the last question. Uh, shifting away from Lord of the Rings. What band sang the first and last song in Shrek. Smash Mouth. Yeah. I'm not picking something else. I think that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go Smash Mouth too. That's the only thing I can think of. Unanimous right. Okay, so then follow up. Do you know the two songs? Yes, you've got uh, All Stars, one of them. I'm a believer. And yes, I yep. do believe that's what it is. Because Donkey sings it. And that's a face. Yeah, that's right. I'm a believe in it. Yeah. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I uh, believe. Yeah. Right? There you go. Yeah, that's yep. it. All Star starts the movie. I'm a believer at yep. the end. Again, talking about Pixar uses original music. So do Disney films. But then DreamWorks, DreamWorks is, like, is like, what's popular? Like, yep. All Star and I'm a or All Star was the first song on the first kids bop in 2001. <laughs> Capitalize. <laughs> there's a li- there's a little fact with your trivia, son. That's gonna do it for this segment. Let's get into the fourth round. Round four. Dustin, last pick. All this right. is the this is the pick oh, he's been talking this about. Is it right yep. here. This yep. is it. The mother of picks. Yes. Shout out Big D. You're out there somewhere. <laughs> Okay, this one definitely is going out to you, Dylan. <laughs> Here comes the dilly pick. The dilly bar. Dilly bar. <laughs> but you know, it's also the fourth round. This is where the fourth round should be. Our own personal flavor here. We've all drafted well. Got to go with this. And I'm going to sell you on this one because I know enough about it that I think I could sell you on it. This movie's called Atajunarat. Can you spell that oh, for snap, me? Oh, snap, I know. It sounds A-T-A, French. Or A-T-A-N-A-R. J-U-A-T. Let me paint this picture for you. Okay, so do you know what one of the very first um, Edison films was about or who was featured in it? Native folk doing a dance. So we always have, as a society, photographers, film, you know, cinematographers have had this mad obsession with Native folk in our country and there's been tons of movies made about it. I mean, Western, that was like a huge genre for decades, right? Just high grossing, high grossing. All of a sudden, you kind of have this turn where in the 70s, you start to have movies that are a lot more sympathetic, such as like Little Big Man 
and they're trying to show you a little bit more about like what really happened, some of the genocide, um, and showing, you know, oh, you should be sympathizing, but it's still very much like later on in the seventies, a lot of those movies are from like more of a white lens, like white filmmakers made them trying to be sympathetic. It's still going to happen. I mean, dances with wolves broke down a lot of barriers. It's actually one of the first films that like an actual indigenous language is used and like translated. There was many indigenous languages used, but no one actually translated. It was just something that like the evil bad guys said in the film and they just didn't really care. So while those are all really great films, they still are from the white perspective. Some movies are going to come out like Smoke Signals with, you know, Sherman Alexi, our local writer. Love that movie. Beautiful movie. But it's still super connected to the stereotypes of mainstream society and responding to them. It definitely is a native film. This movie is, if you're talking about indigenous film studies, people who are indigenous filmmakers, this movie's got mad respect. This is one that is truly a native film for native viewers. It broke down tons of different stuff, um, had a lot of different cultural stories that were um, from uh, Alaska that really hadn't really made it out. It brought a fresh perspective. And there's a scene. Here's a scene that I'm going to paint for you. This is one of the reasons why it's really famous. So there's this group of people that do not like some of the main characters and they're going to murder them. So these people are sleeping they're in a shelter, but a shelter is made out of canvas on the outside. They go in there with some spears and they try and stab through and they actually do kill some of the people in there. And who breaks free to run for his life out of this tent? This naked man running in the Alaskan wilderness and the actor who did this, they try to give him fake feet because he's running along the ice and it's a super abrasive surface within the first couple shots it had torn through all this fake like stuff that they put on the bottom, like, you know, they, some rubber, all that kind of stuff. It just ripped right through it. And a bunch of the filmmakers were saying only like someone passionate about the film. And they were saying like, really only like a native actor doing something for a native film would ever put themselves into this situation. No Hollywood actor would ever do this. They did take out after take his feet were bleeding profusely running a long distance across the ice while being chased by these murderers. It's a cinematic scene to behold that really, really does take your breath away and amazing to hear some of the backstory around that. So out of indigenous uh, cinema, this is a huge, huge milestone that's going to come out in this year. And this is why I think it's a good fourth round pick because we're talking about like best films for sure. There's many reasons why people watch films for sure. You watch it to be entertained. I love Harry Potter. I loved Lord of the Rings when I grew up, but there's also like the art form to it. And there's the whole like weight of that art form behind you. Like when you can break something down and do something innovative, like Ben, every time I hear you and Anisha talk about Disney and the way you're able to talk about like all these innovations, all this stuff going on. That's kind of how I feel about this film where it's like, this is something special to see it pop up on the list for 2001. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's going to be my fourth round pick because honestly, at the end of the day, what's going to make a bigger impact. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. When we draft people, we're thinking, Oh, iconography and this and that. Yes. It's not necessarily for the whole mainstream. Yes. It didn't make the most money, but should capitalism dictate who's the best team. This breaking down real barriers, launching a new wave of indigenous cinema. That's a junior 
Cool. Damn, I was I felt like I was at class. I didn't know yeah. if I should take some notes or what. I was like, <laughs> I feel like I, this is like history of cinema. I, yeah. I was really like, I should, take, I should have made notes. I was like, you're missing. You're not saying it quite right. Or like, <laughs> that's well. Cool. I definitely want to watch it now. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I've looked Good it job up. selling that. Yeah. Even the the directors talking about it, they were like watching it. Like, they were like, holy shit, we've never seen something like this. Because even the littlest details, like how couples show affection towards one another. Like, even the tiniest cultural things, right? So, like, um, I knew someone who was talking about in Nepal and other areas, like, holding hands isn't really as, like, intimate. It's more of, like, a plutonic thing. Like, men can do that. So, those little, like, cultural differences, like, that film's got every little marker where you're just, like, this has never been done in cinema before. Nice. Yeah. Dope. Right. Fourth round pick. Shoot. You got it. Saved your $20. I did save my $20. Anisha, you're <laughs> next. Last pick. So, every one of you here has ruined my flow here. <laughs> I had other thoughts going. I thought I'd have Zoolander on my list. Lord of the Rings was on my list. Freaking Royal Tan Bombs. So, I had to go through my what was left and see if I could live with this pick. Um, and I've already picked some things on here that definitely speak to my personality. So I'm going to go back to the year itself, 2001, and what do I feel uh, other people would have watched, enjoyed from that time period instead of it being about me. And that may or may not help me out in the end. But I needed you to know the foundation of this pick. So <clears throat> first off, what I want you to know is this pick was directed by Gary Marshall. And if you don't know anything about Gary Marshall, you really need to get your stuff together <laughs> because he did all the bombest sitcoms back in the day, starting with The Odd Couple. He did Happy Days and every spinoff from there, all the way down to freaking Joni Loves Chachi, which I was not a big fan of, but um, I loved me some Laverne and Shirley. And I still to this day want a cardigans with an A on them because I want it to be like Laverne <laughs> so badly. Uh, Gary Marshall. Holding it down, rest in peace, home skillet. You were the bomb at directing and writing, as was your sister. The other thing I want to say about this movie pick is that this brought Julie Andrews out of semi-retirement. The last movie she did before this one was Mary Poppins in 1964. And so obviously she was feeling like she needed to come back for another Disney piece. And I know you know what I am picking. Um, and so with that said, we got Anne Hathaway, Hector Elizondo, Mandy Moore, and the great Julie Andrews in The Princess Diaries. I just had to put it out there. Uh, this is just a really great, cute movie. I know that uh, I was talking to a friend about what my potential list of movies might have been. And she even audibly said, oh, my gosh, I remember watching that when I was younger. That's a super great pick. You should use that. And at that time, I was like, I got other stuff I'm going to choose. But she's right. At the end of the day, it is a great movie. Uh, very wholesome. I actually just watched that, I think, within the last month. We had that on the TV downstairs, and I forgot how cute and quirky it is, and just a nerdy little Anne Hathaway doing her <laughs> thing before she just blew up on screen. So that will be pick number four for Anisha. It's a fun movie. It's a fun series of movies, actually. Yes. Kind of like the average, it's classic, like, you know, trope, troop or trope or whatever it's called, of like, yeah. you know, the commoner that's actually a very important royal person, right? Rags to riches. Very cool. 
I also just will say one last thing. I enjoy, so the wholesomeness of Mandy Moore back then, if anybody has seen A Walk to Remember, you know that she's just this lovely, really frail, wonderful. But when she was in this movie and Saved, you get to see the other side to who Mandy Moore is as an actress and as a person. I love Saved. Oh, man, Saved is so good. (laughs) So, so good. Uh, So I want to also just big ups to Mandy Moore who can sing, but I really think that she found her, her niche in acting. Who's down with the G-O-D. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, kick you it know Jesus style. Let's <laughs> There's, that's me, I'm out. Fourth pick, Princess Diaries. Nice. Matt, last pick. Oh, boy. There's a lot of different <laughs> movies left. <sighs> okay. Well, what I'm going to do with the last pick is one that has spawned many, many sequels that are still going on to this day. Fast and Furious. <laughs> I literally just called yes. that shit. I yes. was going to go there, but it's not a part of my heart, but you're good on yeah, that. Yeah, I knew you'd pick that one. I mean, ben I hella called that. I, 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 it's like the one <laughs> for the last few of them, they've been pretty miss. But the original few were great. The first one, especially Paul Walker. Excellent. Vin Diesel, excellent. <laughs> All right. The whole classic undercover, like, bad boy FBI agent doesn't play by the rules. He's infiltrating. There's all sorts of craziness going on, right? No, that movie ages awfully. They are sti- <laughs> they are they they are people who are hijacking trucks to steal DVD players. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. That movie does not age well at all. There's a reason why they have to keep making, like, ten of them. Exactly. It's like, make the distance. <laughs> Keep we, used it going. To, we used to steal DVD players. Now we're stealing like military grade weaponry. Right. You know what's funny though is that like it makes so much sense for you, Matt. And I don't mean that as an insult, but you know, like when it's just like it fits, <laughs> like you should pick that. Like that's a map pick because original in a big franchise, you know, you yeah, love the original. I love those going kinds with of those picks. original Doritos somewhere. Yeah. You, you love the original, like what set and then set everything the built off. You have oceans 11, which yeah. obviously is from a bunch of different Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. Yes. You love the original and you love got, the original. You got three on your team. Well, in fast and the furious, the first one, it tries to be serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it tries so hard. Like I can't, I think the character's name is Tommy and he drives the white car and he ends up dying. Yeah, and it's like, and it's like, oh, this is like, there, it's just such a down. Oh no! Like, and they're like, we now we have to get the big score. We got this is definitely one where like, gotta get that Blu-ray. It, oh no, no, it, it's like a, DVD. it is definitely a time capsule kind of film. Where you're like, oh yeah, this is what they thought like actiony films were like back in mm-hmm. 2001. That had like a little bit of yeah. It's kind of it's kind of like the legacy of something like Point Break, where they're like, you know, that worked. Let's try that again in a little bit of a different way. But then it didn't quite have the same effect. But Paul Walker's still great. Vin Diesel's still great. I don't know. Fast and Furious. Man. 2001 in a nutshell. I can't believe I didn't get that DVD (laughs) part because I was on a bus in the Philippines with a little, like, TV at the very front of the bus. And it was, like, a super bumpy ride. It was a long ride. They had no sound. I didn't even catch that DVD part. But I watched it, like, two times in a row. That and Mission Impossible, it was just like, man, you cannot really tell a lot about a movie with no sound. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is garbage. But now I hear it doesn't age well with sound. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but for a fourth round pick, I mean, dude, I, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I was like, 
had to mute his mic so I could tell him without anyone hearing. I was like, it's Fast and the Furious. Yeah. Hey, I think it, for a fourth-round pick, knowing of how far it's come, got to start somewhere. There it's wild go. the year thing. I told Matt before this. I, I honestly thought there's not going to be that much to pick from. Like a single year, how many good movies are Tons there in movies. a year? Dude, wait, so we can, many movies we can do these movie drafts. I mean, we could keep going. Until the cows come home. Yeah. I've got other movies on my list that aren't. Like, as to, like these. this is like varsity level, but I feel like there's it's, a lot. It's wild. I didn't realize how many movies come out in one year. Like, I knew it was a good amount, but everyone, Tons. like, yeah. was like, oh, that came out Well, then. and even thinking about what you shared earlier about, you know, what happened in 2001, there's mm-hmm. still so much that came out before that happened, and some some movies got lost in the shuffle yeah. with, the, with the last three months of the year, but still a lot of good came out of that year. I wonder what, like, sales were... With maybe not the immediate week or two afterwards, but I wonder what like October was like. Were people just trying to like forget about everything? I don't know. That's just stuff I'm kind of interested in. You know what I mean? Like, would you try and like get away from everything going on in the world, or do you think it just wouldn't have been? See, the time I remember because I clearly am the oldest person at the table, so I remember how I felt by then, and I was definitely the unpopular opinion. Like we. Y'all, we got to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves up, and start moving again. People are like, oh, Mr. Health. And I don't even mean that disrespectfully, but yeah. there were a lot of people that weren't feeling it. I mean, mm. when they finally turned TV back on and Saturday Night Live came back on for the first time, it was like, it's time for us to laugh. Yeah. It was almost like we're treading, like, mm-hmm. that okay to do? But Yeah, interesting. It is. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's wrap this up. We have one <laughs> pick left to make our cases, and we'll get we'll get out of here. Flashback. I knew I'd get this pick with the fourth. I called it before I even made Zoolander my second pick. I was like, nobody's taking this. Because it's everyone's got their guilty pleasure movies, the things that they identify with. 2001, WWE obsessed or WWF obsessed Ben. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I loved WWF back then. So you think about Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H. I'm getting there. Oh, Let me. Okay. Okay. Anisha sorry. had the longest buildup of all freaking movies for <laughs> Princess Diaries. She's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Talking about sitcoms at one point. It's okay if you can have a buildup. I can have a buildup yeah, too. Actually, mine was longer. Yeah. So, Rude. anyways, <laughs> anyways, as I was saying, you had Triple H and D Generation X, and you had The Rock. And in this movie, The Rock made his film debut, and it was in a great franchise, a sequel, if you will. Actually, it was a sequel. It's called. The Mummy Returns. <laughs> Brennan, a sequel, a sequel if, you if you will, but it is it's The Mummy oh, Returns. That CGI is so bad. Thinking back on it, <laughs> read him. Yes. Go, Matt. Go, Matt. That's he's the a, only thing I got he's bad a, about. He's, about a, he's, a de- he's a decaying mummy, and actually that CGI is pretty good. The CGI of like the Scorpion the, King that's what I'm talking isn't about. the greatest. The Scorpion King's CGI is Trash. But all CGI in 2001 is trash. Even mm-hmm. the CGI in the original Lord of the Rings before the remastered cut isn't great. The Bullrog doesn't look awesome. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, your movie sucks too, and you picked <laughs> in the first round. The Mummy Returns is the best mummy movie in the trilogy. Brendan Fraser, this is when Brendan Fraser is like the golden boy of America. He was in a ton of shit. He could have been the next stud if he hadn't been like Harvey Weinstein. Poor guy. He had a tough go. Yeah. He got Harvey Weinstein, and then he tried to speak out, and they got blackballed from Hollywood. But, dude, he was the man. He's hilarious. And The Mummy Returns is great. He's It's both hilarious, and it's that action-adventure. 
It takes place in the early 20th century, so, or late 19th century, early 20th century, over in Egypt. So it's like, oh, sweet, there's some antiquity here. They're doing some awesome, like, uh, pyramid excav- excavating. And, oh, shit, what? What? They're bringing the mummy back? Oh, my God. And there's past lives tied into it, too. Like, oh, shit. And they got a son. Man, the movie's great. Although, you know what's hilarious? So at his, the son's name's Alex, right? Yes. And then in the recent one that he did, what, like 10 years ago? It was like 2013, something like that. Isn't he Alex the dad? No. Or I, isn't he the main character? No, Alex is the son. I forget the name of... Uh, I'm blanking on the name of the, the Brendan Fraser's character. But my point was that Alex is British in The Mummy Returns. But in the la- latest one they did, it's like really that in The Great Wall of China, he's suddenly an American. They just like ditched the whole like, oh, yeah, the kid is supposed to be have a British accent. Now he's American. Well, maybe they moved to America. I mean, his dad was American. I mean, it was a thick British accent, though, in The Mummy Returns. But he's young. He's like six or seven. He might grow out of it. I don't, I don't know Sound how like accents work. Oklahoma, yeah. I don't know how accents work. If you bring a kid from New York over to the West Coast, do they develop a, a Western accent? I think so. I mean, uh, I this, know, this was a real stark difference. Matt's talking about yeah. other movies here. I'm just focused on, yo. <laughs> The Mummy Returns, fire movie. The Rock, awesome. He's the highest paid actor. He only does good stuff. It all starts here. Talk about legacy <laughs> pick. Talking about value pick. That's where I'm going with it. Universal classic. I mean, it was, if you think about the Mummy, like Brendan Fraser Mummy movies, it is almost kind of like our, like a little bit of a It's our Indiana of, Jones, yeah, bro. I was going to say. It's our Indiana Jones, right? It's so good. Nah, it, it's it made four hundred and thirty-five million in the box office. Like the mummy, the mummy was a popular franchise. It was good for what it was. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> All our fourth rounds. I like it. Yeah, everyone's looking around. <laughs> they're like the mummy. All right. Well, f- I couldn't pick National Treasure. It hadn't come out yet. So going with <laughs> you didn't pick how high. Well, no, because <laughs> I like the Mummy Returns more. Good movie. All right, that's going to do it. We need to make our cases. Dustin, you're first. Are you ready? Almost. So much has happened. I'm like... We've come so far. We have. We have come so far. Okay. I think I'm ready. Okay, so first off, I had Amelie. Oh, my gosh, such a wonderful film. All you Wes Anderson fans out there would really like it. It's whimsical, it's fun, it's really deep. Something you can get out of every single time you watch it. And it's also, get this, it's a movie that makes you think that isn't too heavy. You're not going to really feel like this weight on you, like, oh my God, like it's not going to sit in your DVD collection forever and you're like, geez, you know, I got the pianist, but it's about the Holocaust, I'm not going to put that on. This is, you got best, best of both worlds. You have fun, you laugh, you think deeply, you learn a lot. And I got Spirited Away, the best Miyazaki film in my opinion, 19 years as Japan's highest grossing film. Such a beautiful take. Lots of different things talking about um, cultural things going on in Japan at the time. Historical stuff. Great uh, characters. No face. Come on. Then I got Royal Tenenbaums. uh, Before the Grand Budapest uh, Hotel. That was Wes Anderson's most financially successful film. Star-studded cast. And then I got the groundbreaking Atana Junarat, which really broke down barriers and was an indigenous film made by indigenous people for indigenous peoples and really launched a wave of indigenous film 
and cinema makers. Man, I still got more time, so I'm going to talk. Spirited Away, when I said no face, I feel like you see so much, like, talking about the iconography. Darn. No face is almost as big as Totoro, in a way. I would agree with that. Yes. That's it. Anisha, are you ready? Your turn to make your case. Sure. I'll be sure to keep it short since I'm so long-winded, but I don't have to say a whole lot about my list anyways. Here are a few things I will say, though. Three of the four of my picks based on books. That's important to building your brain as well as your visual. So you got Harry Potter, Shrek, Princess Bride, all based on books. It's fabulous. Lots of music. And if you're into music, if you like to sing while you watch, boom, I've got you there too with Shrek and Moulin Rouge. Um, Harry Potter just keeps keeps it all going along. Harry Potter, Shrek, and Princess Bride, to be honest, like that's just one of many movies. So you can just have a marathon, if you will, do what you want with that. Moulin Rouge is the third in a trilogy based on that particular director. So there's just lots of fruit here on my tree of movies from 2001. That's what I will have to say. Drop in the mic. Get some. Shots. Yeah. <laughs> Shots of nothing and they all missed Matt are you ready? Yep go for it Alright so recap my team I got Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring I got Ocean's Eleven Training Day and The Fast and the Furious Start off Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring Again cinematography <laughs> Off the rails Soundtrack is great The acting is great You get introduced to characters that you still love And know to this day Aragorn looking all sexy with his greasy hair <laughs> Coming in there he's the strider You don't know who he is Right, you got Bilbo, you got Frodo, Gandalf, the whole cast of characters is great. Next one, I got the best heist film, arguably of all time, Ocean's Eleven. The cast is off the chain. Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Matt Damon. These are guys that, when you see their name on the marquee, these are what people wanted to go see back in 2001. Right, a little classic little misdirect kind of movie. One that you're never going to push past when you're going through the TV. And next, I got Training Day. Denzel and Ethan Hawke. I mean, talk about dynamic duo. All right, blurring the lines between good and bad, what law enforcement should be doing, what's going on in the streets, an excellent action film that also has some moral ambiguity in it. And then for Fast and the Furious, again, the start of a franchise that's still going strong to this day. Yeah, it's a little corny for what it is, but that's also 2001 action films in a nutshell. They're pro, so Most of the time, they're pretty corny. The whole concept of like a street racer FBI agent is corny, <laughs> but they lean into it. And Paul Walker fits that role perfectly with his like bleach blonde hair and his highlights. Vin Diesel being the badass mechanic, right? Still going strong to this day. So vote for me. I got a little bit of everything. If I'm thinking about 2001, what people want to go see, it's my, my films. <laughs> Ran out of time. You straight up said the full Lord of the Rings title every time. And very well. You didn't stumble at all. I Lord tried. of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Lord of the Rings. That's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> True, I would have stumbled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have The Mummy Returns, Beautiful Mind, Zoolander, and Monsters, Inc. Mummy Returns. It's our generation's Indiana Jones. It's fun. It's energetic. It's adventurous. It doesn't take place in America. Huzzah. Let's go, Egypt. You get that great, you get a great catch. You get an introduction to now America's favorite, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ooh, we. Yes, worth the watch. <laughs> Beautiful Mind. That is like, that's the drama of the year. That's like the movie of the year. It won Best Picture, like Best Director, uh, Best Supporting Actress, and some other one, four, and then it was nominated for like another eight. 
just a star-studded movie. It made over $300 million in the last three weeks of December because it was released on December 13th. Um, great story. Real mind melter. Huge twist at the end. You know, you get, you get that quality Academy type movie. Then you can shift. You want a comedy? You want the best comedy of the year? Zoolander. Everybody loves Zoolander. 20 years later, everyone loves Zoolander. They're still making blue steel shirts. All the characters are relevant. They're hilarious. And all of those characters in the movie, they were at the height of their powers when it came out. And then we have Monsters Incorporated, Pixar's fourth movie. So quotable. Anisha said earlier, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. So help me. Talking about a child has entered the, like, there's a child on the loose. It picked me up with its mind powers and shook <laughs> me like a dog. Mike Wazowski, yeah. That's all, y'all. We've made our cases. Those are the teams. We need y'all to go to the social medias. You need to let us know who you thought won. Check us out there. On Twitter at Draftmore. On Facebook, the Mount Draftmore Podcast. It's a page, so, you know, like the page, leave a comment. On Instagram at Mount Draftmore. If you're interested in seeing how we voted, like who we voted for in this draft, you can check out the Instagram in a couple days. Uh, we'll post that, and then like the, we'll post that on Saturday, and then Sunday we will post the testimonials of, like you'll get to see who voted for who and hear their justification why. So that's going to do it for this episode of Mount Draftmore. Anisha, thank you for joining us. Woo woo! Not a problem. Woo-woo. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Always nice having guests. Always nice having you in the studio. Until next time, y'all. Be safe. Peace.